When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. City show. It's Lisa Rabinovitz in the chair for Nigel Rothband, who has taken the international break a bit too literally, gone off on his holidays. And with me to discuss, amongst other things, City's continued involvement in the remaining two cup competitions, I have three guests Steve Cox. Hello. Sarah Messenger. Hello. And Paul Denby. Hi there. Hello. The Man City show is backed for the season by Labrooks. Go to bet.citypodcast.net for all the latest odds and offers. Okay, where to start? I guess the FA Cup against Swansea. Not bad? Awful? Challenging, I think. <laughs> First, we, we had most of the play, but for 70 minutes, it didn't look like it was going our way. You know, we had a couple stay cleared off the line. The keeper made two or three very good saves. Theirs was definitely a penalty, can't argue with it, and their second goal was a very well-taken goal, good break. Um, but it just didn't seem to be going our way. Then he brought on Zinchenko, and I thought that changed it a lot. People might not have appreciated it. Watching the game, Zinchenko bombing down the left was doing much more than Delft did, and I thought that was a key change. And then Aguero and Sterling, that, were, that was it. And once we got the first goal, we knew that we were going to put them under immense pressure. They, they visibly sagged uh, both physically and mentally at that point, I thought. And do you, do you think it was a mixture of things that led to the fact we were 2-0 down? It Was it the te- Pep's team selection? Because I've seen some comments Delph, about that. Delph, I think, is the... the what? <laughs> Delph. There, there, were two, there were two things I noticed. The, the first thing was, Delph, why did he make that challenge? I really don't know. The guy's getting away from you. There's two defenders between him and the goal. Let them deal with it. And if they can't deal with it, then all credit to Swansea for scoring a good goal. But giving away a penalty like that is ridiculous. The second goal, actually, I blame Gundogan for. We We kind of... Let them play out from the back. Gundogan was next to Selina, and he let him go. The ball went into the middle. It came back to Selina, and it was written in the stars that he was going to score against us. You know, it's always something like that's always going to come back to haunt us. He may not have been good enough for us as a, a first team player, but he's a pretty decent young player, and you know he'd have wanted nothing more than to score against us, even if it's just to prove a point. But I felt that there was, there was just some lapses in concentration there, really, and that, that's what caused it. I, I, I don't think it's any more than that. Swansea weren't, certainly weren't playing us off the pitch, and once they got their tails up, they looked quite a decent team, really. I think that's right. I mean, I agree with, with 
what Paul and Steve have said. Although Walker didn't bust a gut to get back no, either, did true. he? Let's that's be true. honest, to be fair to him, uh, to Gundogan. Um, it was one of those... I mean, at the end of the day, we won. So uh, everything we're saying could seem a bit churlish. But it was one of those games where... There's something about City sometimes where I think if they don't score, they, if they have quite a lot of chances, but they don't score in the first 15, 20 minutes when they've had three or four chances as opposed to a much tighter game, that somehow there, there's a, a, a sort of mood that develops, which is, oh God, we're never going to score, that kind of permeates to me as a fan. Now, whether that's my own neurosis or whether it's actually that City somehow... You know, there's something about the way they play that drops off a bit when they don't get a goal in the first 20 minutes. I don't know. And as I say, at the end of the day, they pulled it out of the bag. And I, I think you're right, Steve. I think Zinchenko did make a big difference. But, um, you know, it's a win. That's the main yeah. thing. I mean, I, I just thought for a while we weren't scoring. We were never going to score. It did just look like it was going to be one of those days. But going back to Delph... Do you do you think this is just because last season was just a, a, a fluke that he managed to perform the way he did, or, or I mean, I wonder if it's because he isn't playing very much. It's lack. Of, I was going to say, I think it's, it's lack of playing time. I would actually say at the moment that Zinchenko, whilst he's not defensively that sound, he's probably the better left back we've actually got available at the minute. Um, even Danilo is probably not that comfortable on the left hand side, whereas at least Zinchenko. For for some of his defensive faults, and a lot of it's down to positioning because he's maybe not used to that position quite so well, he at least is comfortable on the left-hand side and he's comfortable taking the ball forward and he doesn't always cut in. You know, he's capable of delivering a decent cross with his left foot. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to come down a bit harder on Delph. I think he makes too many mistakes to be a left-back. He's out of position, to be fair. He had a reasonable season last time. But if you remember against Stretford last season, it was his fault or he was partly responsible. And every single game, he seems to have the potential to be caught out of position. On Saturday in Swansea, you could see the ball was coming over. He went too close to the attacker. So as soon as the attacker then... Delft's going towards the byline. The attacker took one touch and brought it inside him. And Delft's behind his man within a split second. And that's why he committed the foul. And unfortunately, Delft gets caught out like that. It's not his natural position, so a bit of defence for him. But I think that's the reason he's not been seen playing for us as well since he got sent off against Leicester. Again, rash challenges. He's, he's known for those as well. Yeah, it's not just injury that I think has been keeping him out of the Well, he was, he was the first one to get changed, wasn't he, at the weekend? Yeah. Which, I mean, show, which shows what Pep thinking was you know we've got a weakness there and I need to deal with it it's interesting because he's pulled out of the England squad and the the narrative around that was oh he was taken off after 57 minutes the weekend and my thought was I don't think it was because he was injured (laughs) but I don't know maybe maybe he isn't fully fit I I don't know what I feel a bit for for Dove I I agree that he's he's not a proper left back and therefore he will make mistakes and does make mistakes but he doesn't offer as much as Zinchenko in an attacking sense so therefore Zinchenko is the better option at the moment I mean there's definitely something about rhythm he's hardly played so you know that is going to affect his performance to some extent Um, and the reason I feel from a bit because he he, last season must have been the bigger he must have been beside himself that he, he found a role within that team and was actually playing a meaningful contribution rather than just the odd 10 minutes at the end of games as a sub. But he's n- nobody's suggested him as backup to Fernandinho as our defensive midfielder, which is actually... Is an, when we have a conversation, we're all like, God, we've got to buy someone because we haven't got anyone. So there must be something about him thinking, 
I've played this amazing role. I've got a, a Premier League medal, but I've never quite found somewhere that I fit here. And yeah, you know, no, I think you're right. I think he's uh, struggling to be a consistent player at the level that we need. Yeah, I mean, I thought last season he was brilliant, and I'll never. I I, I don't want to be too harsh on him. I think because of that, the contribution he made last season, quite frankly, I think without him we wouldn't have achieved what we did. I mean, that same goes for the rest of the team but he was part of very much part of that so but it, I mean at the weekend we probably had a couple of players on the pitch that were struggling Mares well, still seems still seems to be struggling for form and and you know both him and Delph at the same time that was possibly a reason we were misfiring I mean he had a couple of good crosses but other than that he really did look like he was struggling at times he seems to slow the play down a lot for me yeah, and I'm not sure what he's lost compared to when he was at Leicester. Because let's be honest, he was Football of the Year to when they won the league, um, and effectively, he technically is a very good player. He can kill a ball dead. He can run with a ball. But I agree totally. He hasn't delivered to us what we probably would have expected when we signed him. And he's not a replacement to have on the wing for a Sane or a Sterling when they're in full flow. We've not seen it from Mares yet. And I would give him another season because sometimes you just need that second season to get going because technically he can do it. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, we've got to give him another season because there's a few players we could name. We've probably done it on this show before that we were all a bit doubtful about and actually have proved to be. And Gundogan would be a good example. He's had his fair share of stick and has been fantastic for the last few matches. Swansea may be a part. Um, but... It, it's frustrating with Maris because he, he hasn't got the excuse that he's joined the Premier League from another another league. He, he knows what it's about. He knows how it... So it can only be that he's adjusting to, which I think, again, we've said on this programme before, adjusting to not being the star man and, and, and having a particular way of playing that he needs to adapt to. But the number of times he turns back when he could beat a man, I, I, I've lost count of. And he turns back and then plays it diagonally back into central midfield, into the centre circle. I've yet, I've, I can't remember De- uh, Mares playing a killer pass. He, he plays more passes to the defence than he does to yeah. the attack. Yeah. To, to, to be fair, though, he, do, he has occasionally. On Saturday against Swansea, he did put the ball into David Silva and when, it was, when he had the shot that was cleared yeah. off the line. I think the week before against Watford, it was his cross that Sterling put in. He can do it, mm. yeah. but he doesn't yeah. do it regularly enough, mm. I think, yeah. and more often than not. Yeah. So I think you're right. He does cut back inside and plays the ball back. He can do the killer pass, but not as regularly as perhaps we would like to see it. I mean, I, I suspect we'll find out next season, but I, I want to be right about this. I think it is the fact that he's adjusting to, one, not being the star player, two, the way we play. And I don't think it's anything to do with the fact he's been in the Premier League before. This is We don't play the way the rest of the Premier League play. So I, but I might be wrong, but I guess, I guess we'll see. I, I, I think one of the things that Mares needs at the moment is to score a really important goal. Because probably, with the exception of Tottenham away... Most of his goals have been part of a route. Bournemouth. Or Bournemouth, yes, yes. So two, two goals that have kind of... I think if he was to score a really important goal... Penalty against Liverpool. Which he missed. Exactly. I was just, I was just exactly. about to say that, actually. Yeah. That's what I mean, so he missed it. So if he could score a really important goal... Yeah, I because think there is a confidence thing yeah. there as well. I do. That might make a difference. Yeah. So, on, I mean, on that basis, were you surprised... I know he didn't stay on for that much longer, but were you surprised that he... Stayed on for a bit and Sané went off. Yeah, I, I was surprised. Uh, we all thought that Mares would be the next one to go after he took Delph off, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day because 
whether Pep makes all the 100% right decisions or 99% right decisions. We won it and we did it. Yeah, we we did. But did is it a case of we won it? We needed to bring on our two main players. We need to bring on Sterling and Aguero. I know we, we've commented on, on the impact Zinchenko had, but the, the long and short of it is, without Sterling and Aguero, we wouldn't have won that so, match. So they didn't look that impressed with being changed at that point because it, you think all through that game, whenever Sane had the ball, he ran at them. He moved, you know, he, he tries to tried to use his pace and his goal to get past them, whereas, as quite rightly pointed out, Mares was going backwards. Sane threw his gloves when he when he went off and was replaced, and you know, might have been worth leaving him on with Raheem perhaps coming on to replace Mares, but you know it worked because we got the result. Yeah, and look at Bernardo on the left doing mm. doing the important work, scoring a goal and then the crosser. And I mean, I thought yeah. he was pretty good. Yeah, they got man of the match, didn't he? And I think from some some, some quarters he had a, he had a, a good second half. I don't yeah. think anybody merited it in the first half at all. Uh, but I thought he had a good game. Zinchenko and Aguero were the others. I thought Sterling was okay. He, he puts the fear of God into the defenders by running at them. Uh, but I thought Aguero and uh, Zinchenko as well. I, I think with with Sane, I mean, I, I, I've seen a number of tweets from you, Lisa, in which your frustrations and, and yet love of Leroy love is... Love Leroy. Uh, we love him. I love good Leroy. But we love good Leroy, but annoying, petulant Leroy can be very, very annoying. And it, you really have no idea what you're going to get. So he could be amazing in some... And he has been in some really important games. And then he plays the next game three days later and it's like he couldn't care less. So, I mean, that's obviously something about his temperament and the kind of person, because I think he does really love being at City and I think he takes his football very seriously, but um, we did get a bit of petulant, can't be bothered, and, and the annoying kind of, oh, I'll just take on another player. Oops, I've lost the ball, Leroy, on Saturday. Yeah. I think we should just quickly mention the goals and the the penalty. Was it a penalty? Do we Do we think that had VAR been in operation in that game, that we might not have been given that as a penalty? I've looked at that goal several times, a penalty, and it's still not 100% clear to me whether he caught it, touched the ball first or not. I personally think if VAR had been there, once the referee has given the decision for a penalty, it would not have been overruled. But I can't guarantee that, because I don't know how VAR works, having watched several games. So, yeah, and the Aguero goal... Definitely what he yeah. was offside. There's no doubt about yeah. it. That's life. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Don't have anything yeah. else to add to that? No. That's life. Yeah, we were we were lucky. It's you know it was our turn on on uh, Saturday and other games. We know we didn't get the luck. You need some luck. Yeah. There was nothing wrong with Bernardo's goal. No. No. There was a lot right with that. Um, okay, so we've got the we had the draw, and I I think it's. Fair to say, we probably got what most of us were hoping for in Brighton in the semi-final. Anyone would have preferred to have Wolves or Watford? There is a school of thought that you get rid of Wolves at semi-final stage and make the final easier. But I think, for me, if we are going to play Wolves, assuming we beat Brighton, of course, I'd rather play them once we've dealt with everything else in the season, bar possibly the Champions League final. So... I think I'd rather have a more straightforward semi-final. Again, no disrespect to Brighton, but you'd hope to win that. And then we can kind of forget about the FA Cup while we focus on everything else we're going to win. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> she says hopefully. <laughs> the, the 10 trophies that we can win this season. Yes, yeah. I mean, everyone's talking about the quadruple, but um, Paul, sorry, Stato, has, <laughs> has the, us on fa- for 10. Yes, we've got the Community Shield and the, the Carabao Cup already done. Of course, we've got the other three trophies for the men. The youth team has won the under-18s and got the FA uh, Youth Cup semi-final. The ladies have won the Continental Cup. They're in the FA Cup semi-final on top of the Premier League. Win all those. That's 10 trophies. So I don't know what this quadruple's all about. We need to find a name for a winning 10 It'll trophies. It'll be deck something, but I don't know <laughs> yeah. what it is. Okay, so we're, we're happy with, with Brighton then. And that's, that's the weekend. We still don't know which day. That's not been confirmed yet. It hasn't officially been confirmed. But it has I'm, to be the Saturday. It's got to be the Saturday because we're playing Tottenham in the Champions League on the Tuesday. So they couldn't make us play Sunday, Tuesday. You would hope not anyway. Well. <laughs> That will really get this conspiracy theorist <laughs> going crazy. Okay, let's take a quick break. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome back. So we've dealt with the FA Cup. Now back a few days to the Champions League against Schalke. It didn't look like it was going to finish 7-0. After, even after 20 minutes, it, it wasn't looking like it was going to be simple for us. But they were, they were an obdurate team that, you know, 11 men behind the ball. Their, I think their plan was being 3-2 down was, OK, if we get a goal here, we could change this around a little bit and at least potentially push us towards extra time. Um, but I think... It's still frustrating though it was to watch. I still knew at some stage we'd get a breakthrough, and once we got that breakthrough, then Schalke have got to come out a little bit. I don't see how they would have got to extra time though. To be honest, no, they would have had to, they would have had to score three goals. But yeah. it, but my point is they were they were they were trying not to lose by a big score, which yeah, unfortunately so, yeah. didn't, work didn't work in the end. No, and I think once we broke them down, that was it. They, they, again, their heads seemed to fall, didn't they? They yeah. were just. Um, and, and they fell very quickly and we just put those goals away towards the end of the first half and that was it, game over. Mm. And there's nothing much more to say. They were a poor European team and it shows in the German league. I think they're fourth bottom now. The manager so, got sacked, didn't he, after, the, yeah. after yeah. that? Put him out of his misery. Probably would have preferred yeah. not to have been there for that. Yeah. Did we learn anything from a game like that with the opposition being so weak? Not, not hugely, but... I think goals are good for confidence and I also think City are getting a lot of practice at the moment at playing teams that put 10 men behind the ball or certainly make it defensively very and it's you know a testimony to how good we are that they do that so you you can argue that the more practice we get at it against different types of opposition then when it really matters and we've got to find a way of breaking through a team Obviously, now we're at the business end of the season. You're going to expect that a bit less. Probably in a few of the Premier League games, we might be dealing with that. Cardiff would be an obvious one, for example. Probably Fulham as well. But in in most of the other games now, you'd hope that we're going to get a slightly more open game. You would hope. We hope. Don't think the Tottenham are going to sit there with 10 men behind the ball. You would have thought not when we come to play Tottenham in the three games in 11 days. It depends... <laughs> Depends what the score is from the first leg going into the second leg. Clearly, that will have an impact on how their style of play will be. But they're not a naturally defensive team. They'll, they'll, they'll try and score goals. Yeah. And we'll be playing them at their new stadium. It looks like it. Mm, I think yeah. it's subject they to announced. just a couple of um, yeah. minor tests on it. So, yeah, it will be. Is that right? Should they be allowed to play 
in two different stadiums. You could say it could be an advantage or disadvantage to them as well. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, you'd have thought that the stadium, from their perspective, will be rocking on the very first night game, proper night game. Yeah, I think they're playing the week before now. They play Palace, I think, has been yes. the first game there. Yeah, it will be. Does it make a difference? It should be. I, I don't think it makes an advantage or disadvantage, personally. They might be slightly overawed by it. I mean, you can. I agree. It could work in one of two ways. So, uh, I mean, if we're going to have to. You know, if you're going to win European trophies year after year, you're going to have to get used to playing in places like the New Camp and so on. So, if we can't cope with White Hart Lane, I'll give up. <laughs> what is it? What is it still called, White Hart Lane? Yes. Is it? Yeah. Okay. And are we allowed to look ahead to what happens if we beat Spurs? Are we allowed to talk like that? We can talk about it. Juventus or Ajax? Yeah. You'd have thought Juventus will be favourites in that one to get through, but Ajax can't be many mugs having beaten Real Madrid at uh, the Bernabeu, so they must, be a, they're, they must be a decent team. Well, they're two decent teams, aren't they, really? Mm. They really are. I mean, I'd lo- I would love to get through and end up playing against Juve. That would be a really great European night if we were to beat Tottenham and get to play Juve. But if it was Ajax, fine, be fun. And beyond that? Beyond that, well, then, then, it, then it's got to be. Um, but well, Barcelona be nice, wouldn't it? In the final, Porto, if we, Porto, Porto, be nice. maybe, yeah. <laughs> Either them, but I couldn't stomach a European final against um, another English team. That would be the worst. Not that, not particularly those two, those two yes. English <laughs> teams. Yeah, particularly those two English teams. I mean, it's, it's a catch twenty-two because I agree. I, on balance, I couldn't bear it either. But the joy of beating one of them in a final would be but immense. Let's not, let's but not take let's the risk not, of losing. Let's not take the risk. Yeah, yeah. And the and the hype that would surround it as well. Yeah. I, I think the fact that we've got Spurs in this round is probably the, from a media perspective, going to be the least hype that we could have hoped for which is probably. probably a good thing for us the hype will be about their ground and that'll probably be about it and we've avoided four Manchester derbies in 10 days as well thanks yes. partly to Wolves we'll go for that thank goodness <laughs> there can only be one more but as we've discussed we don't want that so but that I mean the the derby is the away derby is is our game in hand now in the league so whilst we were busy trying to win one of 10 trophies available to Manchester City this season. Um, Liverpool were in the Premier League complaining about how easy our draws have been in all our cup competitions. And unfortunately, but I think as we expected, won. So they're now not joint second or whatever it is that they want to be. They're actually ahead of us. Do we think it's in their hands or in our hands? It's still in our hands because we've got the game in hand. So... But it's going to be very tight. I think it'll go down right to the wire. Uh, I think we might drop the odd points here and there, but so might they. They've got a similar run in. They've got Chelsea and Tottenham still to play, and we've got United and Tottenham to play. So I don't think it's that big a difference between the fixtures. I just think we we just got to match whatever they do. That's what my, I always just feel. As long as we, uh, yeah. I, I wish we were. So I, I can't remember who it was. They commented on how we are playing before them in every fixture coming up. But they missed the fact that we have a game in hand. Yes. So we. it's it's mm. not actually that relevant in a way. Like it, it would be more relevant if we were in the same position. At the end of the day, you win the trophy after you play thirty eight games. So and you both play thirty eight games, so it doesn't matter. Who've they got when we play Fulham? 
Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham. Ah, so that's it. So, you know, if we play Fulham first, we win and we go a point ahead and they lose or draw to Tottenham, then we're still top and we have a game in hand. So, it all, you know, it, it, but, so but it's I, an yeah. advantage to play first, even without... Even, it's all ifs and buts. Either way, though, you, you know, you, you look at it, if we win every game on paper, yeah. we'll be the champions. And that's, yeah. that's, that's the way it works. It's kind of, I don't care what they do now as in Liverpool do. I'd love to see them drop points and that would make it easier. And like you say, Paul, you don't win it till the 38th game unless it's mathematically impossible for them to catch you. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah, that Can would be lovely. Can we get to that point? Yeah, that would be lovely. <laughs> Last year, I still didn't believe it at this time that we would win the league until no, it was neither. mathematically impossible. It was beyond me. So... Obviously, I know we said there's actually 10 trophies, but for the men, it, there's obviously people talk, still talking about the quadruple. This is the f- closest we've been in terms of the, as far as we've got, any, the furthest we've got in all the available competitions. So we've got, what now, 15 games? Potentially 15 Potentially, games, Potentially, if yeah. we get through to Eight finals. league games, five Champions League games, and two FA Cup games, so... It's going to be tough. It's injuries as well. We've got quite a number of players out. The international break is actually good for us. Yeah. Um, hopefully De Bruyne will be back and playing better than he did while he was when he did come back. Hopefully Mendy, Stones, Laporte are all firing on all cylinders. Fernandinho, of course. If we get those players back and we don't suffer any more injuries, then I think it will be really... We've got a chance. But once you start getting one or two knocks and injuries and some of our key players drop out, it puts pressure on the other players. It's not mm. the fact that... They're not playing, but all the other players have to play more frequently. From next week onwards, after the international break, we've got two games every week, all the way through till, assuming we get through to the next rounds, all the way through. Simple as that. So it's going to be virtually non-stop football. And the international break, like I said, is, is obviously, for some players, I think it's, it's good for us now because it gives them time. Hopefully, Fernandinho is closer to getting back. And the and our entire all four central defenders are currently not well Laporte seems okay but um, Stones and Otamendi have pulled out of their respective squads company I don't know what's going on with company who, do, who does but um, that's got, it's got to be I know for them it's not great but it's good for us that they're not playing for their as long as, they, they as, long as when the, the international breaks over they come back they come to us back and they're, they're fit mm. yeah. importantly Aguero's not been called up for Argentina which helps as well thank God for that, that. But, um, yeah but you know, I'm not no me that. too and I felt the same about Laporte to be honest I feel for them if they want to represent their countries but from our perspective it's, it's much better to it just sort of says it's a bit of a reset button isn't it and they'll come back and yeah it's two games a week but it's two games a week all of which really really matter and it's not like the slog of a you know the famous Tuesday night in December in Stoke when you probably can't be that bothered and if you lose it's not the end of the world every game now it really matters if we don't win it so I'm kind of hoping it is a reset button all the players you've listed come back with the benefit of a rest not just being fit but the benefit of a rest you know, if Fernandinho can hopefully get him through sells through six weeks, Kev, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, yeah, the timing's good. Kevin's an interesting one though because we've basically played this entire season without him. Yeah, and it, well, when yeah. he's played, it's not it's not been the yeah. De Bruyne of last season. Whether it's because his injuries or whatever, I think he probably needs to get the whole rest of the season off, but he yeah. won't. 
and then come back refreshed in the new season. That's what we really need. Because now is not the time for him to be getting his rhythm back. We, have, we can't really afford for him to... And it sounds ridiculous, but even if he comes back and he's fit, it's almost a bit of a risk to play him, which is not something I ever thought I would say about De Bruyne. But I still like him available to us. I think... I mean, if we'd sat here this time last year and said that we'd be at the stage we are with the chance of a quadruple, having had very little access to De Bruyne all season, we'd have laughed at each other. We really would. So it's sort of testimony to the strength of the squad and the way Pep manages them that we've got this far, really, without him. But if we can can get a good six weeks out of Kevin De Bruyne, that could actually make all the difference. Could do. Agreed. It could do. It'll be interesting to see. I, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if he ends up sitting on the bench multiple times if, he, if he's fit. OK, we've had a couple of Twitter questions. One came from Stato's son, Sam. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so that question was... Um, no. what was I know the question. question. It was, oh, yeah. If, we if we've got a transfer, but there's been a lot of conversation about this. It's still, I've still not seen it actually been confirmed, but apparently there's a looming transfer ban. If we did get a transfer ban, where would we finish next season? Try answer that one first. Go for it. I think it would be a real struggle for us next season if we get a transfer ban and we can't sign anybody in this close season because the other teams around us, Liverpool, Stratford, they'll both sign top players. And let's be honest, next season Stratford will probably be challenging or thereabouts. I think we would do well to be challenging for the league next season with a transfer ban because I think you always need to refresh your squad with one or two signings at least. And I think we've always talked about the left-back and central defensive midfield as being the two key place positions. I think we'd be in the top three and I'm not sure whether we'd be first, second or third. I think we'd struggle to really put in a consistent challenge in my view. I, I, I honestly got no idea what different... Because I could absolutely agree with everything Paul said on the other hand I could say well we only bought one player really last summer and we've all just been 10 minutes saying how he's not really contributed much so if this is about the the way we play and the kind of mentality of us as a team and that that is as important in winning a Premier League title as having a load of great players I mean you know Liverpool spent a fortune on two players that have definitely massively improved them and they're still not ahead of us so I'm not convinced that it would be the end of any challenge, but I think clearly we would find it harder than if we've got the money and the freedom to go and buy ourselves a couple of players in positions we need. Yeah, and I think we quite often we forget about the youth that's bubbling under in the team there. You know, Phil Foden coming through probably will play a bigger part next year. Garcia, a central defender, who actually looks, every time I see him, he looks good. He may not be quite up to that level yet, but he could come on. So I don't see any reason why we couldn't be challenging under those circumstances, Do at the very least. we have a decent least. left back and a decent right back in the well, youth? <laughs> I don't know, actually. I haven't really. I mean, we got rid of some of our younger left and right backs, didn't yeah. we? We kind of sold them mm-hmm. on. We do have buyback clauses, but we can't buy back if we're under transfer ban. But I'm not sure. I mean, Zinchenko would certainly cope there. And of course, we'd have our new signing for the third season on the trot. Mendy. Mendy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sick, well, sick Douglas Louise is ripping it up in Spain, so he'll come back and be Fernandinho's cover because he's on loan so Can they bring we don't need to worry about yeah. defensive midfield apparently so we don't so, so Sam, no we don't have anything to worry about <laughs> yeah. i mean although obviously paul thinks differently but i don't know i my my concern is still and it has been for 
for a while, full box. I'm still really unconvinced by yeah. that. I think that could be our downfall towards the end of this season as well. But um, the other question came in from Barca Dummy, and it is, does does the Swansea match show that Pep can't really rely on squad players? And I guess that kind of ties in with the question we've just answered about whether we can, um, whether a transfer ban would be a problem. And we spoke a bit about it when we were talking about the fact we had to bring on Sterling and Aguero to win that game. But do, do you think it? Do you think it is a problem? I think, or do you think I, the injury I, I think the, 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 the big, the, yeah, the injury list is a massive contribution towards it. But I think the other side of it is is some of these players aren't getting enough regular football to really get into the rhythm. Um, and I think that also impacts it. Mares, give him maybe five, six months, might actually be a totally different player. You know, we saw last year Bernardo Silva kind of came in a little bit out, a little bit. This year he's hit the ground running and he's, he's amazing. So it doesn't take long for players to get that system and get it through their heads so some of those fringe players yeah they're struggling a little bit but they should be capable of beating most opposition that we come up against I mean Swansea had a great game I wouldn't want to take anything away from them they did everything that they could do to win that game so they weren't an easy test but some of those players that are pushing for a first team place you'd expect them to be pushing a little bit harder than that yeah fair fair Mm. comment Okay, so just before we go, the next league match is Fulham. Um, on, I mean, you look at that, you look at where Fulham are in the league and you think we should be winning that. Any concerns? We shouldn't have. I mean, they, did, they played OK against um, Liverpool yesterday. They only lost 2-1. So therefore, if we play like we did in the first 60, 70 minutes against Swansea, you've always got a concern. But we should win. It's as simple as that. Fulham are near the bottom of the table, second bottom of the table, almost certain to get relegated. If we don't take three points in that game, we don't deserve to win the league. And yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Yeah, they, they haven't really got a system of play for them at the moment. And he's not unlike, I mean, so at least some of their squad must have gone away for the international break. So it's not as if he's got two weeks to sort them out. And Scott Parker, nice bloke, but I don't think he's got some tactical genius hiding away that's going to flummox us. So we should definitely win. And to be frank, if we don't beat Fulham away, then let's, you know we don't deserve a quadruple because that's one of the easier matches on paper so we can't be messing that one up I totally agree alright well thank you very much to all my guests and thank you for listening The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes Sports Social Podcast Network